Welcome aboard. I'm Brad. I'm Eric. And I'm Scott. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. This is a podcast where we invite crew members, both past and present, to tell their stories about life at sea. So come up to the pool bar and grab a drink. Sit back, relax, because it's time for My, My Ship, Ship Story. story. <laughs> God, that was terrible. Welcome, everybody. It's another episode of My Ship Story Podcast. I'm your host, Brad. Got with me my co-host, Scott and Eric. Scott, let's check in with you. What you got? Well, I am excited uh, to say that we have booked two cruises. So, as uh, cruise director, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I booked, I, I, what I what I said. Nobody or captain. To me. Or are you going to be captain? I'm going to advance myself to captain. I'm going to take over this uh, okay. room. But yeah. you know, nobody That's got good. back to me, so I'm just taking a cruise, and I'm just going to be whether they All like right. it or not. No, just uh, so yeah, we're going to Hawaii for our big 25th anniversary next year, and then July. Second through the ninth, we will be going to Caribbean. Have you cru- Are you cruising to Hawaii? Yes, fifteen day cruise, five days at sea. Wow, there five days around the islands, and then five days at sea back to LA. The four of us. No, what cruise line? Oh, princess, <laughs> silly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give you a little warning about that princess. Cruise. Yes, uh, so because I've done that cruise. And the five days going out are kind of fun. They're exciting. You're getting to Hawaii. It's kind of fun. The five days coming back, not so much. You're kind of by the by the second or third sea day, you're pretty much already like, okay, I'm 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 ready. Yeah. Um, and a 15-day cruise on Princess is gonna be a lot of old people. A lot of old, you're gonna be the youngest one on the ship. One of the youngest ones, yeah. probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I and and I'm not a fan of sea days as it is, but uh, <laughs> we'll 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 see. You're not that. a fan of sea days, and you pick a cruise with ten sea days. Uh, excuse me, this was not <laughs> my choice. Okay, I wanted to go to Europe and the Mediterranean and stuff like this, but uh, no, we had to do Hawaiian cruise first. Okay. Uh, what about you, Eric? Do you have anything to share with us? I do. One little thing is look. All look, right. Look what I got in the what? <laughs> so shout out to Jason Kolker for sending us a My Ship Story podcast beer mug thingy. It's awesome. It was really cool what he did. That's a pretty cool beer craft thing. Yeah. Muggy. So you guys should you get your guys soon. I'm excited. Um, but it's cool. Really cool. So thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Friend of the pod. And yeah. thanks, um, Jason. And send us these these great mugs. So I'm Jeff, looking for what do you got I'm for looking, us, Jeff. I'm looking for yeah, where's your mug? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm looking forward to uh putting that thing to some good use. So yeah. Well now that we mentioned our guests, let's get to our guest. Um so we're doing we're we're trying some different stuff. You know, we're trying to get the word out about our podcast, trying to increase our audience size because we think we're doing some good stuff over here. So what I've done is I've kind of thrown our hat into the ring for some podcast collaborations. And I got contacted by uh, uh, another podcast saying, hey, one of our hosts used to work on a cruise ship. He'd be great. And I'm like, yeah, he would be great. Let's get him on here and have him tell a ship story. But first, welcome to the podcast. Jeff Hopkins. Thanks for being with us, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you uh, uh, welcoming uh, me aboard your podcast. And um, I'm I'm very uh, appreciative uh, to Richard Manfredi, one of the three co-hosts of our Mount Rushmore podcast podcast um, for letting me know about this great opportunity. And, you know, speaking of uh, fun and awesome podcasts, um, 
I have had such a blast listening to episodes of your podcast and reliving some of the things I did experience and kind of uh, 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 wishing that I'd skipped my first marriage entirely and worked on a cruise ship <laughs> due to the fun and games that I've heard <laughs> you guys uh, uh, share and your guests share. So, did you listen yeah. to my pod, my story? Did you download it 15 times, please? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'll I'm do behind. That. I'm behind. I'll do that. No, no, no don't do yeah. that. Well, yeah. I, I, Scott, Scott feels like he's really behind because his his was the the third one to come out. So yeah. his numbers aren't as high as ours because, <laughs> you know, people come in and listen to the first couple and then they're like, fuck it. You know, yeah. I'm out of here. So he yeah. did his his numbers are a little lower than us. Not that his is not not a, a really good podcast. I like that. I like well. that. Mine are real. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> You know, I, it's funny, the early episodes of our podcast are like like the first season of Cheers, you know, where the characters haven't been kind of worked out very well, or, you know, things have, the writers haven't gotten in a groove yet. So uh, I'm Norm. Maybe, you're Norm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, what I envy uh, you gentlemen. I'm Cliff. I'm Cliff. <laughs> Side note, somebody told me the other day that uh, um, Cliff invented his part. He came in to audition for Norm, and then after it was clear he wasn't maybe going to get the part, he did a good audition, but maybe wasn't going to get the part, he asked the producers, hey, do you guys... Have you cast the bar know-it-all yet? Do you have that character? And then he said, no. He said, you know, the guy who knows all this trivia and keeps playing. So they said, nah, that's a good idea. We should add that. And so he wrote himself onto the show. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. I think Eric is uh, Rita. Rhea Perlman. <laughs> Rita. <laughs> <laughs> what I envy about your podcast is it's the same topic every week. Ours, we uh, rate and review the most ubiquitous aspects of uh, a variety of topics. And so I don't know if, if you like um, NASCAR, you know, one week you're happy, but next week we're going to be ranking, um, you know, months of the year or, or types of yogurt or, you know, TV monsters from the, from the forties, fifties and sixties. So we're kind of a moving target. It's hard to develop an audience, <laughs> unfortunately, and none of us are attractive um, or brilliant. Um, so that doesn't help. Unlike you gentlemen. Oh my God. If your audience could only see you. Oh, they'd run. <laughs> it's good that this is a podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's good. why our YouTube play page uh, doesn't even have a hundred. We are only 12 away, people. 12 away. Get in there. Get your kids to get it. We don't care if they watch it. Just get in there and let's get those hundreds of subscribers. Hit subscribe and sign back. Yeah, just steal people's phone and say, give me just a second. I'm just going to subscribe <laughs> to this YouTube channel. That's so, I mean, you. 12. Yeah. For Christ's sake. Come We're on, trying to guys. Remind people, Let's get it together. You just have to subscribe. You don't have to listen. Come on. We don't need you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, our podcast um, is weekly. We drop uh, episodes every Thursday. And we're also looking for great suggestions. We've been going for almost uh, five, coming on six years now. So oh, wow. we have run out of ideas. We are on the fumes of our fumes of, of vapors of uh, inspiration at the Mount Rushmore podcast. So let us know what you'd like us to talk about. I got cool. one one great one for you. And I did Later this. On. I went to go hang out with my uncle um, after you know COVID is kind of where traveling was allowed and stuff. So I just hung out in LA for a couple of weeks. We went on a film location discovery oh, and yeah. uh in uh, la around la and stuff and we went to like you know where karate kid was filmed and and the, the you know four or five locations around there like terminator and the most famous one that i thought really quick i'll just tell you this real quick in the 1930s movie um frankenstein the original frankenstein we found there's a spot in there where he comes up on a girl playing with flowers and stuff and he throws oh, her yeah. in the water 
And we found that actual same spot at Lake Malibu. And it took us three days to, to uh, narrow in. And we found it by mistake, but we found that same spot, which, you know, it was cool to do photo, uh, you know, selfies and stuff in the same spot, which is kind of hard because, you know, there's been 80 years of vegetation growth. So, yeah. <laughs> and like but there 30, you go. Film 30 drown, there's been like 30 drowned kids since then, too. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that sounds awesome. What a fun so time. Do you, do you do like a best of list is what, what you guys generally do or just, um, each, uh, each, of uh, I'm, I'm some, I'm the judge. And then each one of our co-hosts or guests, uh, which we have very frequently picks a top four. So if it was, um, you know, breakfast cereals or if it was, um, time travel sequences or films depicting baseball, they would each pick four often. They have one or two or even three that match. And it's so... Uh, there was one that like fictional presidents, which I thought was pretty unique. <laughs> I, well, that's very kind of you. Yeah, it's kind of fun to stop. The, I heard this term a couple of years ago called headcanon, like kind of like the thing that we all think about to be true, you know, but like that's, you know, like there's uh, certain like baseball teams too, like, um, you know, the Knights, that's the team that uh, Redford played on, you know, and like the natural or whatever. These, these teams that almost feel real you know and it's it's fun to kind of think about them as as a category and we'll even pick some esoteric well the spoiler tonight we're recording the mount rushmore of king kong i don't know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> i don't know what we're going to talk about king kong but we'll we'll pick mount rushmore of horses or just weird esoteric topics that you probably didn't even think you had an opinion on or any reason to rate so it's what it uh, what it is for us is maybe this is what it is for you guys. It's just kind of a fun way to to hang out with each other and have a good conversation and uh, keep our brains um, stimulated as we drift off into senility. So yeah, <laughs> well, we we really enjoy talking to ship people. So we really have a good time on our show. Time to talk to another ship person. Jeff used to work on ships. How did it happen for you? How did you get started working on ships? I had two experiences. I What I did is I worked for a comedy theater in Minneapolis um, called the Brave New Workshop. And every once in a while, they would get requests for um, comedians, improvisers uh, to, to go out and do a cruise ship gig. And this was just like a one one cruise in and out kind of gig. And so I did I did that twice. The story that I have is kind of really kind of related to the perceptions that I had growing up uh, around cruising. Like maybe we all saw the love boat before we ever got on a, a ship. And even 40s and 50s Hollywood, Hollywood movies, it would show the elegance of cruising. And then the reality <laughs> yeah, of, of cruising and how distinct that was from, from those films. So, but I got, I got roped and hornswoggled in as a, uh, as a performer, essentially an entertainer slash comedian. So my first time I went out, I was doing essentially improv comedy and general kind of, um, I guess, um, I don't know if you call, call this like a fun fluffer, you know, like, like if people aren't having a great time, then you run around and try to make them act like we're having a blast all the time because we were drunk all the time. And then, that uh, sounds about right. yeah, and, and encourage others. <laughs> That's what I did. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Except you didn't talk to passengers. You just got drunk. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the second time I went out was on a specialty cruise uh, for a comic, a friend who was a comic, and I was essentially the opening act. So that was um, the first time I did stand up on a cruise ship. And I know there are many comics who do a full set. You know, I only did like 15 minutes warm up on both always essentially stayed in guest quarters and kind of uh, lived and functioned as a guest until it was showtime. And then you would uh, do a little, do a little song and dance um, to pay for your supper. So what cruise line was it? Do you remember? I 
I think Royal Caribbean for both. One ported out of, the first one ported out of Orlando. I'm pretty sure that was Royal Caribbean. And the second one, I'm not exactly sure where it, it must have been. It, it could have been what year? 2002. And I, I was actually set to go out on the Disney cruise lines when the company that I was working for, the, the comedy company, lost the contract and they, they rethemed the offbeat comedy club that was on the magic Disney magic and Disney wonder. They rethemed those to uh, dueling piano um, bars. So that would have been my first cruise and that would have been year 2001. But I think I went out on uh, Royal Caribbean in 2002 and then went out as a standup. I think that must've been 2007 or eight, something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Well, yeah. Especially if you're going yeah. for like was a Royal, short period. Royal Caribbean, I guess was sailing out of Orlando by then. I think yeah. they, I think they were. Yeah. Because they, I think a lot of the cruise lines are up there now. You have Carnival up there. I, Princess does not sail out of Port Canaveral, but I know that uh, Carnival does. Obviously, Disney does. And um, Royal, um, I'm not sure if MSC does as well. But yeah, a lot of the cruises have gone up there just because they know that, I mean, obviously, Disney proved that you can sail out of Port Canaveral just from the access from the Orlando area. Um, Port Canaveral, um, it's probably gotten a lot better. Uh, but um, the the customs and immigration, this was back when there were two separate things. Uh, Port Canaveral were just awful. Gosh, they were mean. They were really? they were so much worse in Miami. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe anybody could be worse in Miami. But man, they were just awful. Just every just nitpicky little thing. See, just, I didn't just find drove me crazy. Officers in Miami uh, to be that bad. You got. Every once in a while, you'd get somebody who was sent from the airport. So Brad and I were pursers. So we dealt a lot directly well, with immigration see, I, and customs officers. Yeah, we were pursers. Yeah. So so we dealt with them a lot. And what I found is when they sent somebody new from the airport that didn't really know how to really do people from the from the sea coming in from the sea, especially crew members, it would get a little, you kind of had to try to teach them what they were supposed to do without kind of telling them you were teaching them what to do. Uh, because if you actually told them what they needed to do of their job, they would get pissed off. So you had to really be really smooth about it. Well, like, Oh, the last officer, this is what they did, you know, just to kind of coach them along. And, and I generally found them to be, you know, pretty helpful and, and pretty nice. They weren't too bad. Maybe it was just you, Brad. Hey, Jeff. Do you have a ship story for us? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Jeff, and this is my ship story. You know, I worked for a theater, I guess, an improv comedy company called The Second City when I did my contract. Oh, cool. And well, they were on, cool. it was a lot of fun. And they were on Norwegian cruise lines for, I don't know, 10 years probably. And that was, um, there was a set of rules and ideas and behaviors that we were um, indoctrinated into. Uh, before we got on the ship. And then as soon as we got on the ship, we realized there's a different set of rules <laughs> out here. There's some third rails that you don't want to step on and you get kicked off the ship. Um, but um, I quickly I also in some of the conversations with longtime ship people, you know, there'd be people who'd been doing ships for 10, 15, 20 years. You kind of had the feeling that you showed up to the party a few years too late. Like there was a, a little bit of more uh, a liberal behavior, and almost that liberal behavior was encouraged. We had a cruise director who, fair, fairly young guy, but he had the sense that he'd been working in the European cruise industry for 
I don't know, 15 years before he got over there. And he said the first question they asked when he applied for the job was, does your dick work? That was the question. <laughs> I thought gonna they were going to ask, do you know where Stan Long was? Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, um, so there was a, um, uh, a perception that uh, relationships between crew and guests were not only uh, permissed, but almost insist, <laughs> insisted upon as part of the um, the it wasn't in the brochure, but it was a benefit that uh, the guests were. It, it uh, wasn't on the job uh, responsibilities. Yeah, yeah, and other yeah. duties as necessary. I think the the this was also also maybe a little bit different. The European cruise industry versus the North American cruise industry could could be, but um, that was one thing I experienced. And also, I went on to the ship in two thousand nine newly married my wife and i had just been married a month before and newly sober uh a year before I got, <laughs> yeah yeah. A year before, yeah no shit yeah, a year yeah. before i got on the ship i uh had decided to make a positive change in my life and um uh re-examine my relationship with alcohol um and i, I was very fortunate and I, i'm not making light or joke of anybody who's in the program or or who's in recovery or whatever but uh i was fortunate in that it wasn't as hard for me as it is for others so i was able to kind of not drink and i was very fortunate but i could tell where that would have been a blast <laughs> when, I, when i was on the ship <laughs> i was very happy with the decision i made from a a, a matrimony standpoint but I could tell where it would be a blast to be single um, in in many occasions. And I think I said this maybe before uh, before we started the podcast, but uh, um, were I to be able to go back in time and not do my first marriage and just do a cruise ship, that would have been that would have been a good decision. So now, but now when you got married, you're newly married. Did you guys were on the ship together like yeah. as a guest or? No, we uh, we were together in um, entertain working for the second city. Oh, okay. they, they tried to, in every cast to get a couple because it made it easier to, from a room standpoint, they could only, they could do. You can you know, put like more six. people on, right. You can put more people on working and take up less cabin space. So yeah, exactly. it's a good, good idea. And we were actually encouraged to mingle with guests because on this very small ship, which we were on, there were very few entertainment options and our, at that time, Norwegian, I don't think had a bunch of different entertainment options on their boats and the second city, even though it's not a huge name in oh, entertainment, it's well, it's well known. Yeah. I, I think it is. And then, so after we did our show, I think it's Tuesday or Wednesday, we were suddenly celebrities. They thought we were fresh off Saturday night live or something like that. We were yeah. walking around the ship. So we were encouraged to mix and mingle and drink in the, in the guest bar and um but and i kind of regret this if things would happen that would inconvenience us like the restaurant wasn't open to us late at night or whatever we sure threw a hissy fit <laughs> it was <laughs> it was like we had caesar chavez like trying to you know like uh, uh we were raising hell you know just to so we could go eat a grilled cheese sandwich at the 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 the, the bar and grill at night and i kind of regret that but in a way you're right it did kind of those relationships that come together fast and furious kind of um, sometimes they do so in reaction to the man coming down on you. And stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Now I was talking about earlier, my idea what a cruise ship was, was kind of formed by movies and TV shows about the glamor of cruising and the romance of cruising. And, um, uh, but the first cruise ship I went on definitely was that uh, I was working as a improv comic on a one uh, one week cruise for American Express Financial Advisors. This was like a Royal Caribbean ship. And it was really 
nice. And these are the kind of people who had had, you know, they could have afforded any cruise that they wanted to. They're loaded, really wealthy people. And they would show up at dinner in dresses and wearing suit coats and things like that. And they drank and partied and stuff like that, but it wasn't anything too crazy. And that was, I guess, kind of like in, you know, in line with my idea of what cruising was. And then uh, many years later, I got a, a contract for four months to go on a Norwegian cruise line, the, the Norwegian Spirit. And that was very different because this was a sh- this was 2009. I think Katrina had happened in 2005, but the area was still very much rocked and under financial uh, duress. Um, but these people, on so you're, the, sa- you're sailing out of sailing out of New Orleans, sailing out of New Orleans, and I should have known when the uh, cruise director said, "Oh boy, we got everybody from the Redneck Riviera." Now I'd never heard that term before, um, but uh, these folks were rough, and this was maybe the lowest ticket price I think in the cruise industry. The ticket was heavily discounted; like they were just I trying to one free. It, it was definitely. Um, so like at the, the, at dinner, at the other cruise, the American express financial advisor cruise, those people were in jackets and dresses, the, the new Orleans folks, they had like cut off jeans and torn t-shirts and like a shit happens baseball hat, you know, they had this the tuxedo is, t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The tuxedo <laughs> t-shirt. I, I saw a guy, this is at dinner. I don't know if he's at the captain's table or not, but he had a t-shirt that said, I like fishing and fuck you. Like <laughs> you could have stopped at fishing. But yeah, this yeah. guy, then he say, "I'm gonna scissor kick you in the head." Yeah. <laughs> these these were the 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 guys, and um, we were like uh, Second City. So Second City comes out of Chicago, and it's kind of got like a history of being on Saturday Night Live, but it's also got a history of like satire and like Stephen Colbert, and it's kind of like a little bit intellectual and stuff like that. And we were rehearsing, you know, we we're wearing like suits and ties and kind of rehearsing, you know, the the. The second city idea of like a warm up is everybody names their favorite philosopher, you know, like Kierkegaard, you know, uh, Camus, you know, <laughs> so that's the kind of like training that we have. And that did not prepare us for <laughs> the Norwegian spirit, you know, uh, and the improv is like very dependent. You guys probably know from watching like who's line or, you know, anything like that. Improv is very dependent on the audience. You're always going out to the audience and getting suggestions. And, you know, so we're out there in our skinny ties and our starched white shirts, you know, and like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are from second city for our next improv. We're going to need an emotion like happiness or anger. And then somebody from the audience would shout out titties. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. We're going with angst. We'll go with angst. And then we do an improv sketch about that. You know, it was, if it wasn't titties or like uh, the name of a president dildo, the people were just, waiting it was like they were in the crouched position to shout up something ridiculous all right uh the name of a philosopher toby keith okay that's not a philosopher well maybe he is to you to you guys um so it was definitely unreal and um there was a stand-up show that i did too it's just kind of a we did two shows a week so we really only worked about six hours a week on the ship and the rest of the time you're just trying not to go insane. You're just trying to, you go to the gym twice a day, you, you know, eat 10 times a day, just trying not to go nuts. Um, and so there'd be little extra things that you would do. You kind of volunteer for, and there was a stand-up comedy show and, and, uh, and for fun, you know, like I, I, I did a set at the the comedy show. And what I realized was like, these people were 
freaking awesome. Like what what you need to do is take the big old cork out of your ass and and enjoy the clientele and enjoy where they're coming from. And I realized that first, the first kind of place I realized it was doing stand-up comedy because I, I don't know what, I don't think I was coming at it from a place of attitude, but I, I was trying to just get people to laugh. And so I would come out and hey, everybody, great to have everybody from the Redneck Riviera on the ship this week. <sighs> huge applause, huge applause. Sure are some sketchy characters. If you're all here, who are there arresting on the TV show Cops this week? You know? <laughs> and they would just laugh. Like you could not insult these people. <laughs> Katrina had already like knocked them down. You know, everybody in the news, everybody trying to knock him down. All right. How many of you have been on a cruise ship before? Raise your hands. How many of you thought this was a floating NASCAR stadium and you just walked on hoping you'd see Jeff Gordon? And like people <laughs> laugh their asses off. And after the show, it's like, hey, good job, city boy. You're pretty funny. You know, there was no <laughs> no hard feelings, no nothing. And then like after a, a week or two weeks of being Judgy McJudgerson, like then you kind of sit down and actually talk to that dude and this shit happens hat, you know, and you'd ask him what he did. And like, oh, he, he runs a uh, a teen center for kids who'd been displaced by Hurricane Katrina. It's like, oh, OK, so he's the nice guy and I'm the asshole, like right. <laughs> moral, moral learned there. Or like they talked to the, 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 the guy in the Harley shirt uh, with the, you know, uh, and, and th- that guy. This was a guy, actually, he was an ordained minister who ran a non-for-profit organization that arranges funeral services for people who couldn't afford them. And he goes around on his his Harley and he does, he's like, these people are salt of the earth, amazing people who are just trying to have a little bit of goddamn fun. And maybe you uptight uh, jerks should stop being so damn judgmental and and uh, get off your high horse and just appreciate the people around you. So, so, I, so are you saying like, was there was there drinks uh, after the show with Dildo Guy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard a recent one of your podcasts and I realized the penis pump is a theme in your, in your podcast. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> me mentioning dildos, not uh, breaking the seal on, the fa- on phalluses. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And your, your comment, and I normally don't say or say anything political, but that what you just described is exactly why Hillary Clinton lost the election. Oh yeah, uh, re- relatable? No. Yeah, yeah ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not relatable. <laughs> yeah, there's this guy with orange hair. He makes a hell of a lot that. of sense. Is that because she didn't have a dildo, or she didn't have a penis? <laughs> <No. laughs> she, she didn't. But yeah, the uh, the some of the suggestions that I, I am not even going to say um, the things that people would shout out. We would do a theater show in the big theater on like a Thursday night, and then on Sunday night when you you're just an hour from port. Everybody's drinking hard. Everybody's trying to eke out the last few minutes of their vacation. Well, at nine o'clock, there was this show, like an audience interaction show called uh, Quest. Yeah, but, Brad, Brad knows this. He ended up in his underwear and brawl. <laughs> so Quest was the th- thing that comes before us. So like right before we get on the stage, there's people in a silhouette on stage trading underwear, you know, like getting <laughs> naked and, and like miming sexual acts and things like that. <laughs> And so that's what comes on before us. So it feels like this moment's kind of like public show and spinal tap. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely hard. And that's like the audience. At that point, we realized our job is just to try to keep them from killing everybody. You know, our job as a (laughs) is just to be a diversion until the captain lands this boat uh, so they don't tear apart the theater. So the suggestions there, it would be like something you'd find in a desk drawer a vagina you know like like just crazy <laughs> crazy crazy things so, so that's pretty much my story so i don't know if you 
have ever in your audience has ever cruised on Norwegian, but there's this thing called shipping mails. Have you heard or oh, seen no, this? I haven't yeah. heard of that. No. So think of dollar store Shippendales. The <laughs> audience in the brochure says, you know, you're going to see a sexy show full of male dancers who are hot and sweaty and ready to entertain. Just like we, Chris Farley. Yeah. It, 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 it told, <laughs> ultimately, it totally was because you. I, I remember my wife said, we got to see this. Like, okay, all right, all right. And the rest of the entertainment crew, we we show up to this thing and there's fog machines and there's an MC who this guy was our cruise director and he was very hilarious. And the MC is like, welcome to shipping mails, the most lurid display of masculine sexuality. And then you're looking through all the fog machine smoke at these guys writhing around on stage and you're going, that was my waiter today. <laughs> like the guy, the guy in the tidy whiteies. <laughs> That that's that's the the engineer who works. <laughs> that's the guy who works in the dry cleaning area. They're all crew members who are for an extra buck in their paycheck dancing around with with their tidy whities on. The the one night the best night of shipping mails was one night where um a guest a woman who was in a wheelchair electric wheelchair and she also had an oxygen tank um strapped to the back of her wheelchair and the little tubes up in her nose that were allowing her to. Uh, breathe the mc lit a cigarette and decided he was going to ride around on the woman's wheelchair controlling it with the little joystick Ooh. while smoking the cigarette and he's riding around in a circle when a man from the audience goes that's my mom she's on oxygen it's going to explode and he runs out and uh, tackles the mc taking her <laughs> off the witcher <laughs> so uh just the just the at that point i think we realized this us little improv people we're going to be okay this cruise oh my ship. gosh that's so funny on your uh on your now where are some of the islands you went to and a couple of questions like where is your favorite island least favorite island did you maybe ever almost miss a ship I, I never almost missed a ship. We were we were the Western Caribbean. So I had two cruise experiences, two cruise ship experiences. One was on the smallest ship in the Norwegian cruise line, uh, the Spirit, and one was on a the newest, largest ship at the time, the Norwegian Epic. And so we joined the Epic in the west of France, Saint Nazaire, France, where it was being <laughs> built. And that was, uh, if I thought getting on a cruise ship to begin with was entering the crazy upside down world. Um, the getting on an unfinished cruise ship was even more bizarre. They were um, like three weeks behind schedule due to what we were told was an arson on board. So this is where maybe some drama and intrigue um, comes in. Uh, I believe Epic. Uh, so this it's, is, it's the normal. It's the normal it, drama it and intrigue. <laughs> it happens, really? happens, <laughs> yeah, it happens almost every every new takeout. Yeah, yeah. is it really? So, okay. So Brad and yeah. I, I mean, not Brad, Scott and I took out Majesty of the Seas out of St. Nazaire in, uh -huh. uh, in back in 92. Wow. And that ship was delayed because the whole ship, the, one of the ships that was supposed to come out before caught on fire and they had to take the hole from one ship to put it on the other. Wow. Um, but, but yeah. So when you started talking about St. Nazaire and delays and then like Scott and I like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Brad, you took out a ship too, having out of St. Nazaire as well. The legend out of yeah, this three, three. Wow. Well, no, no, I did three. I, I did all uh, first three Renaissance ships. Ah. Uh, Brad, <laughs> yeah, Brad, get out again. That's he's like, Brad. hey, well, when he comes back, do you have uh, it looks like we're, we're really short on time. Um, okay, I think, I think he's back, but do, do you have any other ship stories, favorite stories, or anything uh, let before me, we uh, head out? 
Let me look. I thank you for indulging the ones I had. They were not really put together as much as I thought. <laughs> but uh, one thing I recall is within a week, you go from feeling uh, like you are a stranger among this exotic ensemble of entertainers and crew staff. You know, like we would sit down at dinner and there's the Czechoslovakian jazz ensemble and the Russian acrobat and the um, Filipino disco um lounge band and then within one week you feel so closely aligned to this group and you think man i I now have friends all over the world now i have empathy for people i'd never of of cultures i'd never met before everybody's just trying to find their place in the sun you know a lot of them just love entertainment they just love it they this is the opportunity for them to do that so you go from being the ugly american who's not very enlightened about the world to a little bit more enlightened and a little bit more connected to people around you. And I have, I have cruising to thank for that. Absolutely. One of our last guests also mentioned that about how, even though they weren't American and they were coming from New Zealand and she even said you, you, she didn't feel very connected, you know, to the rest of the world um, until after working on ships and getting back home and then realizing, oh, what's going on here in the Philippines? I might know somebody in the Philippines or I might know somebody in, uh, I don't know, Italy or, you know, uh, Japan or, or wherever you know, you just feel much more connected because you know people and have listened to stories from people from all over the world. It's yeah. it's really such an amazing experience. It, I, and I will reiterate that I, I had traveled doing somewhat a little bit of uh, international travel beforehand, but you see the behaviors of the guests and you it kind of occurred to me that there are a lot of people who want to travel, but they don't really want to go anywhere. They want to bring America and the buffet that is this country with them <laughs> as they plow through places around the world. And to see a person who, for whatever reason, they don't have the um, cultural ability to speak kindly to a housekeeping staff, not shout at them just because their English isn't perfect, <laughs> but to just to have a smile and to have be socially responsible. So it did make me realize you know, how good we have things in the United States but how much of a responsibility we have to understand that and have perspective and to be responsible as we um, in, engage with people around the world and, and have, have empathy and, and yeah, just what you said. Yeah. yeah All no. right. Well, that, that sounds like a good time to wrap this up while I still have a, a little bit of stable internet connection <laughs> for change. I'm sorry. I've been in and out so much, but uh, that's what happens in Oklahoma. Thanks for coming on. Hey guys, go check out the Mount, uh, the Mount Rushmore podcast. You guys handle we'll take the wrap it over. up. We'll take over the wrap up. Hey yeah. everybody, make sure you check out Jeff's podcast, Mount Rushmore. And is it, is, I understand, is it, you have a second podcast as well? Yeah, I do. Mount Rushmore podcast. You can find episodes at mountrushmorepodcast.com or just Google that uh, and you'll find it on any podcast aggregator. I also have the Hate Date podcast. This is uh, Tales of Digital Dating Disasters and it's hosted by my good friend, Linda Bailey Walsh. So if you think your love life sucked, just listen to this podcast. You'll feel a lot better about yourself and your dating life. <laughs> Man, I've heard horror stories about that, but I uh, got to listen to that one because yeah. uh, there, there are lots of episodes on cruise ships about horrible oh, dating. But thank you, Jeff. Um, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thanks so much. Uh, keep up the great work. It's a great podcast. Thanks. It Thanks. was nice talking to you. Yeah, nice talking to you. Take care. Thanks. And be Thanks. sure to send Brad Ciao. some. <laughs>
<laughs> some bandwidth. Yeah, some yeah, bandwidth. Some bandwidth. <laughs> some bandwidth. Yeah. Thanks, be well, gentlemen. Appreciate Thanks, it. Jeff. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. <laughs> Brad, it is so bad. So bad. It sounds like... I mean, yeah. So I think that's over with because we can't hear a word of Brad. Are you back? Yeah. Uh, let's let's go. We'll check in another day. All right. Later. Okay. Hey, everyone. The ship is about to set sail, which brings us to an end for today. We hope that you enjoy the podcast. For bonus audio and if you would like to see this podcast and video, please visit our YouTube channel, My Ship Story. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as My Ship Story. Don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member and if you have a story that you would like to tell or if you'd like, you can email us your story for us to read on the air. Email us at myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. That's myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. Goodbye for now, and be sure to tune in next week, same time, as we'll have a new podcast every Monday. Bon voyage!